a Shishkin Productions podcast. Welcome to the 10th transmission of the All Ships podcast. I'm your host, Dave Krugman, and today I'm talking with one of my closest friends, who also happens to be one of my favorite street photographers, Moneris, aka Paula Fuenqui. Paolo and I met in the early days of Instagram through photo meetups and over the years have gone on many trips together and worked on various projects and campaigns. In this chat, we speak about the craft of photography, how living a curious life enhances all experiences, the physics of light, dynamics of social media and how technology co-evolves with art and creativity. Let's dive in. This episode is supported by Smells Like. Smells Like is a Brooklyn-based candle studio created to bring you nostalgia through a variety of custom curated fragrances. Their signature collection includes one of my favorites, Teen Spirit. With notes of orange blossom, tuberose, and musk, this candle takes you back to the vibe of the 90s. They're offering our listeners 20% off with the code ALLSHIPS, so check them out at smellslikebk.com and get your candle today. Well, welcome to this transmission of the All Ships podcast. I'm really, really excited about our guest today. She's one of my best friends and also one of, I think, the best contemporary street photographers, one of my favorite artists, and she goes by the name Moneris. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. Hello, Paula. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. This has been a long time coming and I appreciate you. It's coming, been way too long. Coming <laughs> all the way to my side of two rivers. Two hours in the making. <laughs> wow. So we have to go for a long time today and talk about all this wonderful stuff. Um, I, You know I'm such a fan of your work. I think that you have such an incredible cinematic sense of the city, which I wrote a lot about this week for an upcoming project that you have going mm-hmm. on. I don't know if you can talk about that yet, but... Yes, I can, actually. Great. So you have a book coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough and honored to write the introduction. And it's the first book introduction I've ever written. Really? Yeah. So it's a first for both of us. And you did amazing, by the way. Thank you. I really, I mean, I based it on a piece on the website, allships.co, where I wrote about your photography. And what I said like about your photography basically is you have this incredibly almost uncanny ability to like pull slices from time that have some cinematic weight. Like they tell a story. Um, And it just feels like if people can see the world through your lens, they see a much more beautiful world than the one we typically kind of walk through on a day-to-day basis. That's so humbling. You should stop now because (laughs) if you're going to be like this, the whole podcast, then I should just leave because I'm, I'm feeling very emotional right now. Thank you. I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, Well, we've kind of grown up together in this world Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, art, photography, and specifically social media. And you know that you had a profound influence on my own work. And, uh, I imagine there's some like interplay between, you know, the stuff I've shot and you've shot and we, you know, all the stuff we did together and even being together and shooting together in Cuba, like past, like it's been the same with past guests, uh, Ovec and Steve Sweatpants. We were talking about. Do you remember the year we went to Cuba? Was it 2017? I think it was 2017. Yeah. So that would be four years ago. Wow. I feel, I don't know, for some reason it feels way longer than, you know, if we say just like four years. Yeah. Time flies. And also this past year was kind of deleted. Uh, Yeah. I mean, last year never really happened. Um, But it's, I feel, I'm so happy that we still talk to each other like Dave, 
I mean, your date, yeah. um, Steve, Ovec, myself, that we still have that relationship, you know, because we started what back in like 2014 when yeah. you know, the Instagram community was like all out there. Yeah. Instagram meets in New York City every weekend. Um, but it's just like it's it's beautiful that we have maintained that relationship and that love and respect that we have for yeah. each other. And a lot of that, the depth of those relationships, a lot of that did come from that trip. Exactly. And it's been a catalyst in our relationships creatively and as people. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Sony Alpha for bringing us and Adorama for bringing us down there yeah. and making that trip possible. Can you make it happen again, Yeah, guys? Can, come on, guys. Please. We want to go back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to kind of just dive into your creativity in general as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, when did you encounter your creative identity? Was it through photography initially? Did you always have creative tendencies and then photography became the medium that you were interested in? Um, I'm just curious about like the roots of your creative drive. So I guess I, I come from a family that is not artistic at all. Like mm. I don't, I don't have any family members that used to be photographers. I'm not lucky like you that, you know, <laughs> I got like very expensive cameras like, <laughs> from my, from my grandparents, grandparents or anything. But, um, I think it was just like on my, you know, when I used to travel to Puerto Rico, um, growing up, you know, cause I moved to the States when I was 14 years old. So I kept going back to Puerto Rico and I met this friend of mine who's still a great friend of mine. His name is Sanin. Mm. Um, I think he was like the first photographer that I met in my life, like, wow. you know, and just seeing how how passionate he was about photography, how knowledgeable um, everything that he did. I was just like immediately fascinated by just this new world that I was I never knew about, you know. So I remember just like talking to him and he began like teaching me everything that he knew. He would tell me like, oh, let's, you know, come with me to the shoot. Um and it was just like fascinated, but nothing really happened with photography back then. You know, I was I was working, I was going to school, um, I was busy with other things, but I did get a, a camera. It was a Nikon D40. Um, oh my God, Nikon, no. Um, but I remember, you know, not knowing how to use it. Um, it was so complicated. He was trying to like explain it to me, but I was like, what about if I just shoot shooting auto? Is that good enough? He's like, just do what, whatever works for you. Um, I ended up selling the camera because I, you know, I needed the cash. Um, and I just photography just, it didn't go anywhere for me. So it was a couple years later when, you know, Instagram was like this whole thing. Um, that I, I remember downloading Instagram and I was like just blown away by all this different art and mediums and just people using photography to express themselves that I was like, wow. And I remember, you know, we used to shoot with an iPhone back then. And that's what I had. I had an iPhone 4S and I was just I began taking photos with just my phone, you know, and there was something about street photography that made me love made me love photography even more. It, like I always say, it was my first true love, you know, and and it's been a work in progress. Like my style has changed so much. Um, and Instagram, it's a great reminder of, you know, how much it has changed. And I am happy I have it because it's like, you know, sometimes I'm so hard on myself um, but just the fact that, you know, I've been able to create this whole aesthetic that it's like, it belongs to me. I feel mm-hmm. like 
I feel like that there's nothing better when somebody says like, oh, I didn't even have to see your name because I knew that was a Monaris shot. Yeah. That's like the goal I feel for so many artists. Exactly. It's like even disconnected from the identifier. Can I recognize your style? Exactly. And that's like when you come into your own as an artist, you're like, oh, that's my style. Like, and it's instantly recognizable. Absolutely. And and I remember like creating this style that I have now happened about like three years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I used to edit you know, completely different. And I, I, I've never stopped learning. You know, I was, I kept developing the style, but then I got to a point that I spent, I think a whole day just editing, right? Until something just clicked. I was able to see things differently. I don't even know how it happened. I couldn't even describe how it happened, but uh, you know, colors came alive. I started understanding, um, you know, how everything worked together, how I could make a photo come to life, how cinematic theory and cinematic. cinematic. I never knew that word before, like cinematic, like, well, what's the, you know, what what does that mean in photography? Mm -hmm. But then I started reading and watching a lot of videos and, you know, everything just came together and that's how i started you know getting better i mean i'm I'm still not even close to where i want to go like that's that's what keeps inspiring me i guess that i want to like keep getting better you know doing new things developing new styles of photography um so that's something that i work towards like every day you know the like i want to be the best i can be um so it's it's still a work in progress you know mm-hmm. especially when you instagram is so saturated right now like everything looks the same um everybody everybody's taking the same type of photos um everything is cinematic nowadays yeah. you know so it's, it's it's challenging and sometimes it can be very discouraging but you have to remember who you are as an artist the the, the love that 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 i have for it mm-hmm. why i do it um, and just keep, you know, staying positive and just, you know, keep getting better. Well said. And something you said really resonates with me, which is this idea that it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And I think of, of photography as of like visual poems, like a photograph is a visual poem. And in the same way that a poet has a toolbox to use to create their composition, you know, photographers have that s- a similar toolbox of uh, visual vocabulary, so to speak, in order to construct these images with. And every time you learn a new tool or you get a new kind of technique in your toolbox, it it can multiply by everything else you you already know. And so like each new thing you incorporate opens up a whole new world of exponential creativity. Mm -hmm. And the comparison, I like to tie that comparison off with this kind of idea that um, we're all becoming, the more we practice photography, the more we're becoming visually literate. And there's never really, just like language, like there's never really mastery of a language. Absolutely. You can always improve and then new words will be invented and slang and then new combinations and and techniques of combining those components come together and you get to live a life of um, deep and continued curiosity with no boundaries and never being tied to anything. So like the idea of of mastery to me is like, very metaphorical and doesn't Absolutely. actually exist. I 100%. Agree. Um I th- I think the people we call masters are just like further on the spectrum of literacy mm-hmm. visually or you know literally. <laughs> but um the beauty of creativity is that the, the journey never ends and like the journey and, is and the I destination. I hope it never ends. It won't because you're then... a deeply, you know, intensely creative, curious person. Exactly. Um another thing about photography that is interesting, I just love to get your perspective on Another thing I like to think about when I think about photography is that photographs are also these little puzzles, 
And if you can turn your day into this kind of game of what puzzles can I find and build? And even when you don't have your camera, you kind of like move through the world in a different way. And it turns every day into this beautiful game where you're just looking at things more and you notice things in like infinite detail. And, and like you said, the colors, the way things overlap, the juxtapositions, maybe there's a, you know, rich person in a Gucci suit walking past the homeless person. And that right there is a story. Absolutely. And by pulling it out of time, you get to freeze that moment and linger on that moment and have your audience linger on that moment. And we can see the stories of humanity kind of emerge from that. Are you okay with not capturing those moments all the time? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. But I think that even when I don't have my camera, Mm -hmm. I'm still practicing photography. Absolutely. And that's just really interesting. And I'm wondering if that's how you view your own craft. Like, is it this way of life that kind of is a layer over everything you do? Mm-hmm. Or do you have like modes you switch in where like now I'm now I'm being a photographer and now I'm not being a photographer? No, I'm always a photographer. Yeah. 24-7. Yeah. I, I live and breathe photography. And like you said, that was the perfect example. Like every time I'm walking the streets, even if I don't have my camera, because I, I think it's important to take breaks. You know, to have a balance that, you know, even though I'm not taking photos, I am still, you know, like enjoying life and seeing moments as they happen. Not, you know, even though I'm not taking photos. And that's a good way of, of I think, growing, you know, as an artist and as a person. I, I remember telling Laura all the time when we're walking the streets, like, oh, my God, look, look at that moment. It's so beautiful. Did you just see that? Um, like, so that's, that's, it's always practice, you know, because I'm always trying to see new things from different perspectives. Um, I'm trying to always change the way I, I, I take photos. Like, let's say I, I don't have my camera with me, um, today, but then I'm like, I'm looking for specific things. I'm looking for just hands, for example, like the, you know, yeah, my I, love your, I love your hands project, by like the way. that, like I'm obsessed with hands for some reason. So just like that, like, look how people walk around with their hands behold, behind their back, like how they just stand their their posture, you know, the, like how they just carry themselves. So it's like, I, I study people. Um, and again, it's not necessarily like taking photos all the time, but then I, if I see something that I like, then when, whenever I'm out taking photos, then I remember that. And I'm like, like, wow, I remember what I saw. Let me see if it happens again. Let me, you know, see if it, if I can find it or it, you know. Pattern it, recognition. Yes, that. So, that. so the idea is like, if you, let's say that photography is like the intensely focused task of pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And you, then when you don't have your camera, you, you're still seeking those patterns. And then whatever you learn, even in the times when you don't have your camera, you can take the pattern recognition, like like a musician learning chords. You can take that back to your craft with kind of a new energy and new ideas and, and new ways. And then the patterns of the world change. That's why I love shooting in the rain so much is because there's a certain pattern of behavior in the rain that I love. What's your favorite? If you had to pick one thing that you love most about rain, is it the colors, how the, 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 you know, the air feels? I think it's the dynamic motion. Okay. Um, people are running uh there's like you know on a clear day a footfall is is very boring on a rainy day there's like water drops flying up and there's a moment of impact like everything's more dramatic even even the color so like if i just say the idea of activity and motion is my favorite part then it can include color and and you know um 
the way that things interact with each other. Mm -hmm. I love when human behavior kind of switches mm -hmm. and it rains less than it doesn't. So moments in the rain almost come with more rarity that it feels like I'm, it's a more precious thing. And it's also like when people are hiding and, and they're like, it's a little more, um, like the streets are a little more desolate and I feel more like at peace as opposed to just like this crush of humanity that New York can typically be. Which and I think a lot of people feel the same way. That's why, you know, a lot of photographers that we know enjoy shooting in the rain because yeah. maybe, you know, they can resonate with the way that you feel. Yeah. Um, I, I know for a fact that that's the way that it makes me feel as well, shooting in the rain. Um, but it's, it's, I know it's so much better than, I don't know, how do you feel about shooting when it's like sunny out 95 degrees the like it's just that like how do you feel with that i mean i, I like it too for its own reasons okay. like i like the shapes of light and shadow and, and reflectivity one thing that is always really fascinating me uh, and has changed the world <laughs> changed the world changed the way mm -hmm. that i think about light is that color is the frequency of light and everything you see is reflected light and it, depending on what that material is made out of, it changes the frequency of that light. And that's why we see things in different colors. And that's fascinating to me. You're so poetic. Uh, but it's true. So I, I can't with you. <laughs> <laughs> so like the actual wavelengths of light, like a beam of light comes directly from the sun, right? Then it goes to the atmosphere and that changes it a little bit. And then it goes through all sorts of other, uh, you know, if it hits the right raindrops, it becomes a rainbow. That's a great example, but it's an obvious example. A, a more subtle example is like the yellow of a taxi cab. Oh, yes. So that sunlight hits the paint of a taxi cab, which reflects that light back at a certain wavelength, which makes it what we perceive in our minds as yellow. Now, if that yellow taxi light hits a window and is reflected back at our eyes through that reflection, like reflection stories that you do, right? That adds another layer of change in the wavelength and color, and it adds more of the other interfering beams that come and, and weave their way into that story. And then, so you, if you can understand that and really like internalize that light is um, kind of all around us and like, you know, the shape of a shadow is like the absence of light. And then everywhere around that, you could actually imagine like the cones of light hitting and everything like that. The point being is that it makes, it's another like curiosity to be obsessed with about the world. It's like, why is, you know, why is the reflection of the city in the East river? Like, sh why does it take the shape? And it's like each little wave and ripple is a new pixel in this other world. And so all the light that we see, is reflected uh, to some degree because we're not staring directly at the sun. No, I would <laughs> yeah. hope not. Yeah, well, some of us. <laughs> Whoever might. is doing that, please stop. <laughs> I think the ex-president did that, but uh, <laughs> he'll, he can stay ex-president. Um, oh, but it's fascinating. Like, you know, when you look in a mirror, it's not necessarily less real than looking at the, like what, you know, what was reflected in that mirror. It's just one other layer of bouncing light. So I just love thinking about stuff like that. It's a little nerdy, but... Please continue. Don't <laughs> stop. I am mesmerized by the way that you are explaining this. <laughs> but I do like... I love to think about the physics of things because... Um, and this, this reflects a lot on your work as well, but photography is like the study of space-time. Like physics. Mm -hmm. 
like the space time continuum is what we all kind of exist in. Like things, space and time are um, inextric- inextricably connected. Like they are, they're completely related. So if you're a photographer, you're studying the position of reality at a certain moment in time. You're kind of like a, it's, it almost is the practice of physics, but without like all the math and everything like that. It's like the artistic study of, of the way that the physical world fits together. Yeah. My mind was blown. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to my dad today, by the way. My dad says hi. Hi, dad. He was sitting right where you are. And um, he's obsessed with your work. Like, he, he, you're one of his favorite photographers. Stop it. I swear. Like, where is he? I want to meet him. Um, he's well, not. They're, they're here, right? They're here helping my sister move. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's, we, we'll, we'll set that up eventually. He right. wants to meet you too. Um, but we were talking about like the physics, he's a big, like, he's who I've kind of gotten all these ideas from about how everything's interconnected and technologies and all these crazy stuff going on. But he was always obsessed with physics and like, you know, the universe and everything going on. And so I always kind of grew up where my approach to photography was very based in like the wonder of the universe and like physics and, and what it means to take a photograph. Cause it's like, Every other moment and, and before photography, if all you had was painting, you really had no way to stop time to look at it for longer. That's a good point. Right. Mm-hmm. And even even a painting that you do, like by the time the painting's done, the moment's long past. True. Right. So it's like you're taking a more impressionistic view at like an hour's worth of time or a day's worth of time or however long you spend on that painting. But a photograph at a, you know, at a long enough, at a fast enough shutter speed is literally like a recording of light at a certain moment in a certain way. And usually those moments go by us so quickly that we never get to stop and think about them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what photography does is allow us to move moments through time and linger on them. But then how do you see photography changing or evolving in the next, let's say, 20 years? I think that the idea of a photograph will change um, in the sense that like we're going to have three-dimensional representations that are also instances in time. Okay. Like holographic photography. Okay. So do you think we're still going to be using cameras um, to capture There'll be a more? form of camera, yeah. Okay. But in the same way that like digital photography is an evolution of film photography. Mm-hmm. But it'll be another continuum of things that it will continue continue to evolve and never settle into a fixed state. Because even now, the technology, I mean, the technology that I use this year is different from the technology that I was able to use last year, like with the A1. The A1's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. That I, sound, the, the oh shutter. Oh my God, I love it. Everybody always goes like, wait, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. So imagine like, I don't know, maybe like five years. How yeah, but I even think in five years, it'll be like, we can put something in, we'll have something in the middle of the table and it will take like a 3D scan of this exact moment. And then we can explore that and render it in different ways and add shaders to it and and create um, kind of like virtual reality experiences that we can't even imagine right now. Sony, if you're listening, <laughs> please take note. Yeah, please, please develop this. <laughs> um, you said it first. I'll give you all the credit. Okay? Yeah. I'll yeah. remember this moment with you here. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate the credit. We're marking this in time. And that's what's cool about podcasting too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty new to this, but what I'm finding is it's a way to do the same type of thing, but with conversation. Mm-hmm. Because we have we have such fascinating conversations all the time, all like the time. you and I, you know, me and 
Ovec and Steve and and my dad and everybody that I know, really, we have these crazy conversations and like the human memory is very fleeting. Oh my God. And Tell so if it. you don't etch them into stone, they're pretty much gone, which is fine mm-hmm. too. We need We need things to be fleeting as well. But it's nice to sit down and consciously be like, Let's talk about why we do what we do and why we love it. I know. And the fact that we can go back to it a couple of years from now and remember this moment, you know, yeah. I think that's why I want to take photos of everything. That's why I'm always like trying to document as much as possible. It's because I want to remember it. I want to remember how things were, how they felt, how, how I looked in that moment, you know. So it's like always like taking little like photos of moments in life because i think that's so important and it's yeah. just i agree with everything that you're saying and it's to me that's one of the most important things can i give you another little another little bar of wisdom that please I please like do i am so ready for because i feel the same way and that's why i photograph a lot mm-hmm. and sometimes i even photograph when i don't want to take a picture because i want i want the memory of it Correct. and because uh, you know i studied psychology and one of the things i studied was how malleable the human memory is like it's really most of our memories are reconstructed and we play a game of telephone with ourselves where you tell yourself the memory and then you repeat it, you repeat it, repeat it. And every time it changes like 0.001%. But by the time you've told it to yourself and relived it in your mind so many times, it's it never really happened that way. Mm-hmm. Now, what I consider a photograph is, is a catalyst for a cascade of memories. So it's like a little node that you can activate and it brings you closer to the truth of that network of memories that you already have in your head. I Dios me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hear that? I hope you are listening still because that was beautiful. Just saying. Thank you, Paula. I mean, I really appreciate it. But I do think about this stuff a lot and I'm I I like to talk through it with people, especially people like you who I whose work I admire so much because it helps bring clarity to my craft and and the way I think about this stuff too. Um where do you see, you know, sp- speaking about the future and the growth and, and continued fluency, where do you see yourself and your craft and like in a, you know, in a few years or five years or whatever, I don't want to give you a specific mm-hmm. amount of time, but what are your kind of next goals? And then like maybe even your like loftiest aspirations? That's a great question because I think about that all the time, actually. I think for me, I, I do want to get into filmmaking. I think, um, you know, photography makes me happy, but I I am so fascinated with just like films and the whole cinematography and, you know, you know, make movies and even behind the scenes. Like I I think I I had an opportunity to um, take photographs of a movie that I I can't say the name yet because it's not out yet. But just the fact of just like capturing candid moments inside a film uh, like a set you know for mm. photography like a film um those things make me happy so i want to like get into just filmmaking and even make a movie one day of my own or just like i think i want the opportunity to be on set to see how everything works you know like mm-hmm. more of that more of just like i it's getting to a point that photography is not enough for me because i'm so eager to do more right i I crave to do more it's like all i keep reading new books and watching youtube um videos on you know filmmaking um so it's it's more of that i i hope that i can bring myself to that point where i can experience this whole new world that i'm not used to because i've never done that before you know yeah um but i think that's the next step for me in in my career it's pretty that's 
amazing and i i would love to see a film you make i I imagine it would be just incredible um knowing everything i know about you um it's pretty intimidating to see a full movie set because it's like wait what Mm -hmm. i think people don't understand how much effort and how many people go into shooting like one scene from a movie exactly you'll walk by a lot of sets in new york city where are they i never see any of them i've seen a lot I wish we had an app that tells you, oh, if you're a photographer, I'm there's sure there's be a one. Set. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, go, I need to go steal the pictures. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fascinating because like I'll walk by a set and be like, there's like 50 people just involved in feeding the other 100 people. You know, okay. it's it's really a complex thing. And um, it, it intimidates me. It's something I'm def- I'm definitely interested in as well. Because, I, you know, I love to write. I'm kind of like mm-hmm. like to write stories and little vignettes. Maybe you and, write the script for... Oh, my, oh God, my God. This is this is, is this the genesis of That's this it? crazy idea? Yes. What's today? Today is the 15th. Remember this okay. moment. Yeah. The 15th. This is the beginning. You're going to write the script to my movie. That we're I actually like... One day. What, what would it be about? About what we just talked about. About how we see moments and how we want to capture life and... I picture people like us just oh, going through life and, you know, seeing life the way that you're describing. And it's about that, that connection that we have with moments and how much they mean to us and, you know, all those beautiful things. I think it would be great because, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure people can resonate with a lot of that, with the stuff that you said. Um, not the way you said it because your mind is just so brilliantly, you know, beautiful and, and it's just like so wow. You, now, but, you're, now you're flattering me. I mean, it's about time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people would want to see, you know, that and be like, oh, wow, I feel the same way he does. You know, mm-hmm. I never saw things the way he described them, but now I see what he means. And- yeah, it would be cool to kind of write about the things we've been talking about but f- with like one le- more layer of abstraction mm-hmm. so it's like an actual story exactly as opposed to me just like lecturing no obviously uh, I, I wouldn't want that for yourself either le- me. <laughs> lecturing my unsuspecting listeners about the frequencies of light and color <laughs> and physics and all those things like very cinematic and futuristic and you know a little bit of that in, yeah. in one film would you make it in new york i think i'd have to Really? I'm so obsessed with New York. What do you like about New York? What? Uh, why is this like your I'm epicenter? Finding it, I'm finding it very difficult to to like New York nowadays. Oh, really? It's changed. It has changed a lot. Hmm. Um, you know, it it feels different than than what it did a couple of years ago. Um, it's just like different people. Yeah, which is not bad. I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just it, it's it has been difficult to find inspiration lately. Um, you know, everything has changed, like I said. Um, but then I think I was having a conversation with a couple of friends, like not long ago that we looked at, bo- we look at photography books, right. And we see vintage cars. Uh, we're so obsessed with like the timeless feel of, of moments, you know, how everything looked back then, right. Mm-hmm. That we, we seek to find those moments now here in yeah. 2021. Right. But what's going to happen 20 30 years from now people and you know in the future are going to look at our work and they're probably going to feel the same way we do with with photography back then they're going to be like wow things were like that so it's like i i try to remember that that i have to try to document as much as possible because people are going to feel the same way i do right like a sense of nostalgia for how it 
it was now. Exactly. Because things are going to change so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at all like the, a great example is like the outdoor dining happening right now in New yes. York, right? Like I kind of avoid shooting it because it's new to me. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't look that interesting to me. But then like these are historic moments. The and, same thing happened to me. Yeah. I wasn't at first. Um, I, well, I did at first when it was new, you know, like, well, this is cool. But now I'm seeing more and more of like of them. And I'm like, I should be capturing. Yeah. This. Like it's not, it's not I'm not thinking anymore about posting on Instagram and what's going to do well, because I'm so over that. Like, yeah, that's time, that's I did that before. We're all moving past that. I think exactly. Now I document moments for myself. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what we should be doing for, for ourselves, for the future, for, you know, the world. So now every time I see one, I'm like, wow, let me capture this. It's also kind of hard to be a tourist in your own city. Yes. Which is something I struggle with. Like if I go to Italy or I go to Tokyo or Taiwan or whatever, I'm very eager to shoot. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. That's new. And I, you almost can't stop me from shooting everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And then in New York, I'll look at things and be like, eh, it's not worth it. Not, it's not worth a photo. So the attitude I'm trying to take as we emerge from this hellish pandemic here is like to be a tourist in my own city and be curious and like it's I have this weird kind of not lack of confidence but like I'm I'm less willing to put myself out there in my own city like almost as if oh helicopter pause yeah um almost as if like it intimidates me to like be outgoing in my own space or something like that which is a little weird it is but I think we we feel that way. A lot of people feel the same way, you know, and it's just finding new ways to document the city that you're so used to. You yeah. can, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be about humans. You know, it can be about, you know, art and or just signs or the simple of things like you can find new ways to just document life without just having to focus on like, oh, someone walking by with an umbrella and that, you know, it's raining like do more, be better, you know, push yourself to find new ways to, you know, create. Yeah. You know, who's really good at that is, um, ill concept. Yes. Mike. I agree. I He's agree. a really hard, hard working. Like I'd call him like one of the hardest working street photographers every day, all day. And he, and he'll, he's going to listen to this and be like, hi Mike, what's up? He's going to be like so bashful about it and be like, oh no, I'm not shooting enough. Cause he, whenever I see him, he's like, oh, I'm not shooting enough. I'm like, dude, I think you. I think you shot more this past three months than I've shot in my whole career. Me too. <laughs> I, I, it's just, that's exactly what's happening. Like every time I see his stories, I'm like, again, how? Yeah. How do you? How do you do it? Like I want to know how because I. It's impressive. Yeah. And Mike, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how impressed we are with your ethics. This so. is a compliment, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're not saying that you should stop taking photos. It's please. it's it's just incredible because I think that he really is doing it for the love of it mm-hmm. and is he's going to have an incredible body of work like incredible incredible beautiful body of work yep yeah there's so much talent and there's so much talent that came out of um uh cultures like instagram you know i think you and i lived through like the golden age of instagram i'm so happy we did yeah of course i mean look we're friends because of it and most of my best friends are all through this world of feedback loops of creativity and you know some people burnt out really quick and weren't really in it for the right reasons and then some people kind of stick to the core art of it and and make it through all the kind of mental anguish of these 
platforms that are literally built by the world's top psychologists to keep you addicted yeah. and needing attention and gratification. Um, but not only that, the clients that I have now, I've been working with them since the very beginning. So because of we started so early, we've been able to build, you know, this clientele and, you know, this relationship with people that I still work with. Mm -hmm. And that to me, it's like I can't put a price tag to that. It's just I'm so grateful for that because, you know, I have that now. And I'm like, okay, I started early. It was harder than it was now, you know, because I think the beginning of Instagram, you know, to grow was a little bit harder than it is now. I think people, you know, when when you join Instagram now and you follow a certain scheme or you do what other people are doing and you keep doing what does well, yeah. I think it, it's rewarding and you see your numbers go up and people yeah, which is doing. which is dangerous. Oh, it is, but people don't know that because they haven't been doing it long enough to know what works and what what. Well, doesn't. the danger, just to clarify what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. There's all this kind of like tongue in cheek joking about, oh, I'm gaming the algorithm or like I'm hacking the algorithm. And so if you keep doing what the algorithm rewards, actually, you're letting an algorithm program reprogram you and your behaviors as an individual. Absolutely. So the more if you keep chasing that high in, you know, every day you change 1% towards the optimum that instagram re rewards you know who are you in a year yes and i think we've been we we've gone through it you yeah. and me we have we say this because we've been through it we say from experience because we know better yeah and you know also algorithms reward the like the middle of the bell curve right mm -hmm. and all, everything interesting happening in life and culture and art and everything that moves the needle forward for humanity happens at the fringes like it isn't pop music that's like pushing the envelope, you know, it's to me, it's like the things that challenge the intellects are challenging mm -hmm. and they have a smaller audience. And I'm, I'd way rather be in that sandbox than to be like, do the thing that I know will get me the most likes. Me too. And, but it's also a challenge because you see your engagement declining if you don't play the game. And then you're stuck in the comparison is the thief of joy kind of exactly. category. It's awful. And <laughs> it can feel like you're sabotaging your career or your work. But I think that if you just focus on making work you're really proud of and then making really good relationships, long-term relationships, whether they're with other artists or clients or collectors, um, then that's probably the best equation for like your own sanity and like the, the long-term preservation of your creative craft absolutely so you don't burn out in a blaze of glory and end up selling tummy tea for a thousand dollars a post <laughs> and it's okay if that happens we're not saying it's, that yeah, that no, should, of you course. Know, we all we know what it's like and so if if you're going through that it's okay yeah. we're not saying that you know it shouldn't be that way but also like don't let these systems these systems are not built for artists they're built for corporations and they've done very good things for artists historically, but they also come with a big consequence if you don't protect your mental health. And that's one of the reasons I started All Ships is like, hey, we need to like slow down a bit and we need to take our time and we need to build on land we own. Because you could spend 10 years building up an Instagram account and then it just gets 
shadow banned or blocked or or like they you say the wrong thing and get reported and it's gone and it's happened to many of my friends oh my god me too um yeah i have a friend who had like four hundred thousand followers and now it's their accounts got deleted that's like really no recourse yeah that's another story but anyway you know the, the point of all ships is to be like hey technology unlocks an infinite amount of space for creativity because like a screen is an infinitely refreshing portal into a world of art and, and culture and connection, global connection at the speed of light. Like we're all one big kind of connected consciousness. And each one of us is like a little brain cell and the, and the networks and the phones and the, the cameras we have on our phones are like the visual cortex and communications technology of that consciousness. I'm excited for that kind of world to keep developing. Me too. And when you tie art to technology, technology grows exponentially. And we're seeing that happening right now. So, yes. So, we can't even really imagine what art and, you know, social media and technology will look like in five years. Hopefully, we're here for that. Yeah. I really hope I am because I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be here. I hope so. You never know. You got longevity. (laughs) I love that word. Longevity. Yes, I have longevity. Oh man. Well, Paula, let's uh, let's wrap it up. But I do want to just again compliment you on um, your growth as an artist. I've I've actually seen like pretty much the whole thing. I'm lucky enough, <laughs> and I I consider you. I don't know. It's hard to say these things about ourselves, but I consider you you to be like at the top of the game and really just you have a profound ability to tell stories with imagery. And I'm so glad to know you as a person, as an artist. And I so look forward to seeing your movie. With and you w- in it too. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I don't write it, I'll at least be in it. Yes. You're going to be there. I'll be like the cab driver that like picks you up at the airport <laughs> to drive you to your like Oscar ceremony or whatever. This friendship is forever, baby. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. You're the best. And I feel the same way to you. I have so much love and respect and you're always thinking about others before yourself. And that's something that's very admirable. And I wish more people were like you. Oh. And I appreciate everything that you do. And I and I mean that, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. That's so sweet. Um, can you tell other people where they can find you online so they can enjoy uh, the spoils of your adventures through, yes, through you the world? Yes, follow me on Instagram at monaris underscore or my website, which I did a whole makeover after four years in the making wow congratulations um one hour is that me and one last thing you have a book coming out yes what can you tell us briefly what's going on with that uh yes it's uh we have pre-orders next week june 24th and it's going to be available starting the the first week of august incredible yes and who's putting that out uh satanta books okay um they've been great and i am so happy that they decided to work with me on this um they've been so open about everything that i wanted the vision that i had for the book um so i'm just i'm looking forward to this because this has been a dream of mine for the past like four years and and it's actually happening so dreamers out there do not stop dreaming because things actually happen and you have to be patient um you have to have an open heart and just, you know, be patient and things will happen. I love that. Very encouraging words for all of you out there. And to listeners, thank you so much. We will be here next time at All Ships to talk to more people and to share more stories of creativity. So thank you. Thank you, thank you for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Let's go get dinner. Let's go.
Thank you so much for tuning into this week's transmission of the All Ships podcast. One thing I love about these conversations is that in the whirlwind, attention-scattered online spaces, we rarely take the time to have in-depth chats, even with the people we hold close. So big thank you to Moneris for taking the time to open her world to us. I feel like I know her even better than I did before we spoke. Make sure to follow her everywhere online for beautiful scenes from her travels and stay tuned for her first photo book, which comes out this summer. Thanks as always to the masterful musician, Ollie Channon for our theme music. You can find him on all streaming platforms and at ollichannon.com. I'm Dave Krugman, and until next time, keep your creativity flowing. Shishkin Productions Podcast.